you have no legal standing to undo what God has done years pass by. Justification, a legal matter. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. My topic is justification, a legal matter. Justification, a legal matter. And many of us, we confuse justification sometimes with sanctification. Sanctification is a growth process. Justification is a legal declaration that is made by God over your life. You had nothing to do with justification. You have everything to do with sanctification. Your responsibility in regards to justification is to accept what God has done for you by faith. But the challenge is borne out in this article, if I can pull it up here. It says, I don't struggle with accepting that I have been saved by faith and not by works. I believe wholeheartedly that I didn't deserve to be forgiven, but that God did so anyway. It is because of God's grace that I was saved. I did nothing to merit it. What I do struggle with, however, is being at peace with God in my daily life. I sometimes fear that I will lose my favor if I don't continue to do what is right and good in the eyes in his eyes, are that I will do something wrong that will result in experiencing his wrath. And it goes on, but I won't read everything that it says. But that is our struggle, our daily struggle. We cannot come to accept the fact that somebody can love us to the extent that irrespective of what we do, we still maintain a relationship with him. Think about it this way, justification It's like you being brought before the supreme judge of the universe. And your case is brought before him. And it has been adjudicated or tried. And the judge comes back and said, I found you guilty of all charges. But to your amazement, instead of sentencing you to death, which the crime warrants, the judge, the supreme judge of the universe looks at you and said, By the power invested in me, I hereby declare you legally righteous and legally justified. That is the definition of justification. It's a legal declaration over your life. You have right standing with the supreme judge of the universe. That's justification. So justification is a legal matter. Sanctification is a process. You go through that on a daily basis. You are growing. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, you have peace with God. Therefore, that's a coordinating conjunction, joining two thoughts or two sentences or paragraphs together. So when we think of therefore, we have to look backwards and see what it is talking about, what preceded it, what came before it. So when you jump into Romans chapter 5, which makes that bold statement over your life, 
You have been justified. You have peace with God. But if you go back further in chapter 3 and verse 9, it says this about humanity, about all of us, that the supreme judge of the universe looked down on all of us and came to this conclusion about us. Romans chapter 3 and verse 9. What then? Are we better than they, speaking of the Jews? No, in no wise. For we have before proved from both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. The Greek word is upper amartia, means that we are all under the weight of this thing. So the supreme judge of the universe has concluded about us that we are all guilty of one thing, and that is sin breaking his law. But how is it, if we are guilty, how is it then? He comes around and says that we are free. We have been justified. How can a just judge justified an unjust man and still remain just? That's a challenge. Justification, a legal matter. And when you go down to continue in reading in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all sin, the English is all have sin, which is not a good rendering. It uses a tense there that speaks of sin occurring at a time in history that everybody involved was involved in it. Anyone who came into existence are involved in this act. All sin at a given time, all, all are guilty, all sin, without exception. He says that, for all sin, but being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. So keep in mind that word, propitiation, propitiation. It means to satisfy or to appease. Now, you have to understand salvation. Salvation is a package. It includes many things inside of it. It includes imputation, the the teaching of imputation. Now, to impute means to put something on somebody's account. For instance, if Brother James owed me a million dollars, I would ask him for it right now. Forget that. If Brother Julian, $10, are you right? If Brother Julian owes me $10 and he's incapable of paying it, and because this brother over here wouldn't pay me my million dollars, he said, okay, Brother Glenn, you know what? Don't put that charge to Julian's account. Put it to my account because he's incapable of paying that debt. But I have the resource whereby I am capable of paying um, his debt. So what happened now is that his debt is imputed our place on brother account. (laughs) And his money is placed on his account whereby freeing him from being in debt to me. So what happened in the process of justification is that the righteous demand of a just judge has to be met, had to be satisfied. And so we were incapable of satisfying the holy demand of a just judge. But here comes this person and said, look, do not put it to their account, put it to my account, charge it to my account, set them free and hold me accountable for what they have done. That is part of the legal aspect 
of justification, and that's all included in the package of your salvation. So continuing to read in 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission, for forgiveness of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be the just judge and the justifier of him which believe in Jesus. Wherefore is boasting? Wherefore is the feeling of I am inadequate? Your feeling has nothing to do with justification. It's a legal matter. So this just judge placed our sins on somebody else's account and set us free. But the point still remains that he has found us guilty. He still has found us guilty. Now continue to read before you get to therefore being justified. If you jump over to chapter 4, it speaks of Abraham being justified by God. Not because of his works that he has done, but because of faith. It says this is the conclusion of chapter 4. Let's read from verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised him, Abraham, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was, there goes that word, it was imputed. Righteousness was imputed to Abraham. It was put on Abraham's account as a result of his faith in God, not as a result of his own righteousness. So righteousness was imputed to him, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He was raised again, proof that he died. He was lifted up from the grave for our justification. You see, had he remained in the grave, salvation would not have occurred. Had he come and lived a good life, being a good person, there is no redemptive value in being a good person. Because what the law required is stated in Romans 3 and verse 26. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So had he lived a good life and gone back into heaven, life is good life as no saving value. He would have been seen as a good man, but that would be just about it. But he's more than a good man. He died and he rose again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Romans in chapter 5, it tells us that while we were yet his enemies, he sent forth his son to die for us. Let me further explain it. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53, we're all fond of quoting that scripture, by his stripes we are healed. Right? Everybody knows that verse. And most of the pastors, and I'm not knocking the pastors, and Rightly so, when they're praying for the congregation, anyone that is sick, they would lay hands on that person and repeat that verse, right? Right. 
Now, let me bring it into historical perspective and show you a different understanding to that verse. The historical significance of that verse. By his stripes we are healed. Now, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 25. And let me show you how the process of justification is being played out in these verses and also in Isaiah chapter 53 by stripes we are healed. It says, suppose two people take a dispute to court and the judges declare that one is right and the other is wrong. If the person in the wrong is sentenced to be flogged, the judge must command him to lie down and be beaten in the presence with the number of lashes appropriate to the crime, but never give more than 40 lashes would publicly humiliate his neighbor. Now, in the, that was the New Living Translation. Now, if you go to the King James Version, it reads slightly different, and I'll just read it from the King James Version for you so that it ties in more appropriately with Isaiah 53. It says this, If there's a controversy between two men, and they come unto the judge, that the judges may judge them, then they shall justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. And it shall be, if the wicked be worthy to be beaten, that the judge shall cause him to lie down and to be beaten before his face according to his fault by a certain number. Forty stripes. Forty stripes. By his stripes you are healed. Forty stripes he must get. This is how justification is played out. So these two people are brought before the judge. One of them being you. The other being Jesus. No fault of his. Free him. And you should be standing there before the judge. Taking your whipping. Taking your stripes. By his stripes you are healed. The word stripes there mean bruise. Black and blue. The word heal. What it means? It means to be made whole. To restore. It means to sew together. So together, by his stripes, you are healed, stitched together. In the Garden of Eden, what happened when man went against God and sinned in the Garden of Eden, the relationship between man and his maker came unraveled, came unraveled. Fellowship was broken. Man was broken. Man needed to be made whole. Man needed to be stitched back together. Not just physically, but man's relationship with his Savior, with his Creator, needed to be amended. It needed to be stitched back together. So by his stripes, we are healed. We are stitched back together. The relationship that came unraveled, in the garden of Eden came back together by his stripes, by his death, by his beating. And therefore the illustration that was given at the outset of my introduction is that you are brought before this king. 
the judge of the universe. But what I did not tell you is that somebody else is brought with you. You were not there standing alone. You had an advocate. You had your lawyer. You had your savior standing next to you. And you were accused of a crime. And you should have been whipped. You should have been punished. You should have gotten 40 stripes. And this man standing next to you who is innocent of any charges. He who knew no sin became sin for you. Became sin for us. He said before you put it to his account. Before you put the whip on his back. Lay me down. Lay me down. Lay me down. Put it on my back. Take it from them. Put it on my back. Innocent, yes he was. But he became sin for us. So by his beating, by his death, by his suffering, we are mended, put back together, not just physically. Because even if you place your hand on someone and pray that Christ by his stripes you are healed, and that person is not healed physically, it does not mitigate the fact that he is healed spiritually. What is more important is that man's relationship with his maker that was unraveled came back together, stitched back together. And so when the judge tried you and look at you, he's able to say, all charges are dropped. Free that man because someone has stood in your place, in my place, taking our whipping, taking our judgment. His righteousness imputed to us, our sin being imputed to him. He appeased, met every demand of a holy and righteous God. And therefore, when God sees you today, he said, you know what? I have freed you long time ago because I Put someone else in your place who died for you. So therefore, my declaration over you is a legal declaration. And there's nothing that you can do to change it. Whether or not you feel like you are justified. Whether or not you feel worthy of my justification. The fact is, I am the judge. You have no legal standing to undo what God has done. Years pass by. I know that there's a big theological debate within Christendom as to whether man can lose his salvation or whether you have eternal security. Let me say this. I'm a Bible school grad many years. I am a lawyer looking at God's word. I'm not a physical lawyer. I just play one on TV. No. (laughs) I couldn't resist that one. But my responsibility is not to theology my responsibility is to a legal document which is God's word my responsibility is to uncover the truth look at the facts and come to conclusion based upon the word not my theology and the fact is salvation involves propitiation this appeasement of God's wrath the just demand that the law demand Only one person could satisfy that adequately, and that is Jesus Christ. That is included in salvation. Salvation also involves imputation, his righteousness being placed on my account, and my sin being placed on his account. Salvation includes justification. Just all those parts play a role in my justification, in me being, in you being justified before a just judge. All those came into play. 
And for you to say, I am not justified or I can lose this, you have to relitigate that case and you do not have legal standing to do so because you are not qualified to stand before the just judge of the universe and undo that which he has already done. Only he alone has legal standing to do so. And what he has done already, he cannot undo it because he is legally bound to it because it's a law and he's bound by his own law. The only thing that ties the hands of God is his own law. What he says he cannot go against. And when God declares you righteous, it's a done deal. It doesn't have to do nothing with your feelings, with your emotions. That's a process. That's sanctification. That's a growth process. I just hope and trust that this short presentation, it's more involved than that, but I just break it down in its simplest form as succinct as it were that I could in this small space that I have so that you have a great understanding as to what justification is. Justification is a legal declaration over your life by the supreme judge and you are nobody else can undo it. Thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word because brother you need God's word. Thank you. You are listening to BrothersoftheWord.com. This was the message titled, Justification, a Legal Matter, by Glendon Francis. This message is number 6582. That's 6582. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6582 to a friend, go to BrothersoftheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Oh, brother, you need the word.